You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 174. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. Honor and a privilege to have you here. Hope you've been enjoying the podcast as of late. We're going into spring. This is the time for spring cleaning. It's time to really ask ourselves, what is it that we're thinking? Why are we thinking what we're thinking? And as we've gone through these last, let's just say the last five or six, right? We started it off about episode 167, discussing drinking in college and chemicals and booze and what's going on inside of your brain. And I certainly understand being somebody who's you know 12 years in college and not a doctor, getting ready to go back for his master's degree at 47 years old. There might be a lot of this feeling about doing as I say, not as I did kind of mentality. And, and that's one of the reasons why I spent so many episodes not really discussing drinking in college, even though that was one of the reasons that I originally launched this show was to really get at the heart of what's going on emotionally inside of us that could cause us to drink. And while I certainly touched upon it here or there, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't go back and at least apologize, um, if nothing else, just so I can hear myself say this out loud, that these are some topics that I should have touched upon much sooner. Going back and looking at habits and talking about to drink or not to drink, it's more than just that question, which was episode 20, which is really probably the first time I ever really got into it. Neuroplasticity, back in episode 19, talking about so many other topics, limiting beliefs and Yes, we have touched upon preparing for the finals and preparing for the semester. One of the reasons I have not stuck on those and just kept sort of driving that train, even though you hear college success habits and you might think that that's what this show should be about, is how to succeed in college. This is how you should study, and this is when you should read, and this is how long you should sleep. And a lot of that stuff is subjective to your own perspective, what's going on inside yourself. I believe that our emotional intelligence is a primary driver of our long-term success in life, well more than actual intelligence, you know, the IQ test everybody wants to talk about so much. That's why we've spent so many episodes talking about our emotions and talking about what it is that we're doing to clear out the garbage, for lack of a better word, in the spur of the moment, out of our heads, this crap that's no longer serving us. Who we were is not who we are. So as we move into you know how to fail, overcoming fear, being triggered versus grounded from episode 170, um, your mental health and how that is directly linked to your study and work habits, we got into nonviolent communication in episode 172 and really discussed um, how we can begin to use the power of our words to uplift us. We get into the ego and the unconscious mind and how um, you know you can't destroy your past self. You can just work today to create a newer version for yourself. And that's going to lead us directly into today's, which is all about automatic negative thoughts. One of the things that I love when I create these episodes is finding parallels in what I discuss on the Sober Show from Sobriety to Recovery, 
in bringing over to college success habits. And a lot of the shows, especially over the last 50, 60, 70, have really mirrored each other. Because it got to the point where I realized I was creating separate content, but yet talking about the same things. So I would just do yours first, bring it all out there, roll it out, and say, this is what we're going to discuss today around our emotional intelligence, our physical intelligence, our adversity quotient, social quotient, IQ, the whole deal, bringing it all out. As I was developing this one for automatic negative thoughts, it was reminding of me, you know, going back to my college days when I first got to Ball State University, that first semester was really tough for me. My parents had recently gotten divorced. I was no longer living out my life in, you know, my childhood bedroom, which had only really been my childhood bedroom for four out of the last six years of my life before I ended up at Ball State, you know, had uh, broken up with my very first ever girlfriend my senior year right around spring break. Um, got back, you know, not got back, but got into another relationship pretty much right away with a girl who um, had been on my radar for some time. And then the parents announced the divorce. Marijuana showed up on my 18th birthday. Other drugs started to show up later. We've talked about that story. And by the time I made it to Ball State University, that you know kid who finished you know top 10 in his class his senior year was nowhere to be found. And I really was just hell-bent on being intoxicated. And I had a lot of negative thoughts about who I, had used, who I used to be in high school. You know, I was a bit of a wallflower before I joined the Glee Club and, you know, got myself a swimmer girlfriend and the whole deal and started having football player friends. And finally, I thought I made it. And I'll never forget the end of my senior year. I think I've mentioned this story before, but we'll breeze over it again just to bring it into this story in this episode. Um, there was a thing called the Underground Newspaper, and it came out right before the end of the senior year, and I believe it was about 18 pages, and I was made fun of on 17 of them. And the main reason people made fun of me in this wasn't necessarily because um, I was, you know, unusual looking or talked funny or anything of that nature. Um, it was because I had gone from a relative nobody my junior year to a relative somebody my senior year, and I just was me. I, you know, wore bright, loud clothes. My first girlfriend got me into religion, and so I went to, like, some spiritual retreat and came back wearing a bunch of Jesus shirts, and, you know, then that phased out as soon as I changed girlfriends, and, you know, I just was me. I brushed my hair in the hallway, and I sang songs loudly, and I just... I just enjoyed life. Um, having a mother dying of Crohn's since you're eight years old and realizing that any day could be the last day you hear an ambulance pull out of the driveway, I've lived life pretty much on my own terms. When that school newspaper came out and I realized that a lot of people who had called me friend were actually behind it, it really tore me up and it bummed me out. And um, I wore a strong face, but it stuck with me. And a lot of those people tried to become friends of mine in high school, and I didn't, or I'm sorry, a lot of my friends from high school who were a part of that underground newspaper then went on and tried to become friends with me in college, and I rejected them. And I never told them why I rejected them, I just did. And that probably left a lot of confusion, because when that school newspaper came out, the underground, um, I laughed about it, joked about it, read it with them, and never really told them, like, I can't believe that you guys would do this. 
I had a lot of negative thoughts about myself going into that summer, going into college that kept repeating themselves. They kept coming up over and over and over again. And for those of you who are still very much in the thick of this growing into yourself thing, mind you, I'm still doing it in my mid-40s. Certainly drinking my 20s and 30s away didn't accelerate my process of finding myself anymore. And if that's the trajectory you're on, I would highly recommend that you be more mindful that the habits you create today are the ones you contend with tomorrow. Also, that you will begin to grow and you will begin to mature in whatever pace that is for you. And these automatic negative thoughts about who you used to be, what you used to do, the decisions you used to make, the things that you used to say, they are going to creep up because the unconscious mind is your repository for every one of your memories. It remembers everything. The ego feeds it, right? And the ego wants to feel good about itself. And oddly enough, the ego can actually feel good about itself while tearing you down. Because if it keeps you protected, if it keeps you in a shell, you will actually tear yourself down so you don't step into opportunities. Because at least then it was just you making fun of you. Heaven forbid you actually step into the opportunity and then you don't make a best decision ever. Something goes sideways, running the club or running the the job or running the school newspaper project, running one of the admin positions at your fraternity sorority house, maybe even go off and become a student government kind of person, whatever, whatever quote unquote leadership role you might find yourself in where maybe things don't go very well. And now you have to take on the ridicule or the shame or the guilt or whatever, whatever those negative emotions might be, your ego and your unconscious will work together to stop you from stepping into those opportunities because at least then you just have to suffer once inside your own mind. Maybe a couple people close to you say, why didn't you ever do that? You really should have done that. But you'll never have to face any more voices than just your very close inner circle or yourself. Whereas if you step out there, put yourself in the spotlight, things go sideways, a lot more people are going to be out there who could ridicule you. And being that social media is extremely prevalent where it was not whenever I was in college, now you have to contend with the entire university could just be tearing you up. People in your own community could be tearing you up and you could actually see the things that they're saying. So when we talk talk about these automatic negative thoughts, it's extremely important that we put a level of attention on the fact that not all of your thoughts are true. In fact, a majority of them probably are not true. Automatic negative thoughts can come from a myriad of places, right? You can start mind reading, blaming, complaining, making excuses, labels you put on yourself or others, guilt, shame, judgments, anger, self-doubt, lack of self-worth. Any and all of these places can become locations for the roots of your automatic negative thoughts. For me, personally, mine is judgments and self-doubt. I judge myself very severely and I take on a lot of self-doubt in myself. Not healthy, not always a good idea. Sometimes it gets me to rock it out of bed on four hours of sleep and get back to work. Other times it leaves me so confused I don't even know where to start. So when I get into these automatic negative thoughts and really start to ask myself where they came from, I've come up with a little bit of a system that was introduced to me by the host of the Quick Brain podcast, and that's Jim Quick. And love this guy. Met him a couple times at one of my um, men's groups called Metal. It's Media Entertainment Technology Artists Leaders. Fantastic organization that I got into while I was in Los Angeles. And Jim Quick would come and he would present there from time to time. 
And he's the one who introduced me to automatic negative thoughts. So he has a system called ABRA, A-B-R-A. And some of the acronyms I'll keep from him, and some of them I've just morphed, and they don't sound anything like his, but I will introduce it to you, and I will make sure that I give Chim Quick um, his just due because he was the one who introduced me to automatic negative thoughts. And I think that's pretty awesome. I have loved him. I've talked about him all the time on The Sober Show, and if I haven't talked about him enough here, I'm glad I'm finally doing it today. So the A in ABRA stands for acknowledge the automatic negative thought. Acknowledge that negative thought. That which resists persists. If you do not acknowledge it and you just try to push it away, it's just going to stack up deeper and deeper and deeper and eventually explode like a volcano. You're going to have like that black hole singularity moment where eventually it's going to explode and just completely flatten the universe. (laughs) You've got to acknowledge the negative thought. Acknowledge it by saying, okay, I just had a negative thought about myself. Is this, go back to that list I just rattled off. Is this because of mind reading, blaming, complaining, making excuses, labeling, guilt, shame, anger, self-doubt, fear, judgments? Where is it coming from? Acknowledge it and look for the root of it. While you're looking for the root of it, I want you to take a deep breath. That's B for breath. Take a deep breath. When you get yourself in a state of arousal with anxiety and stress that will oftentimes follow the automatic negative thought, your body goes into fight or flight. Pupils get dilated, heart rate goes up, blood rushes to the skin of the surface to the surface of your skin because it is ready to do something. Fight or flight. Right? It's either going to run toward it or run away from it. When this happens and you breathe in deep, you pattern interrupt your central nervous system. When that occurs, when this fight or flight goes down inside of you, when this occurs, your breathing becomes shallow because you want fast breaths. You want oxygen as quickly as you can to your muscles and to the rest of your body so that you can begin to run or attack. When you breathe in deep, that deep breathing shocks the central nervous system out of fight or flight. Because deep breaths are something calm people do, relaxed people do. When you're nervous and stressed and have a ton of anxiety, shallow breaths. When you're calm and you're relaxed, deeper breaths. I'm a shallow breather. By nature, I speak quickly. I breathe shallowly. It's part of being a visual and auditory digital um, person. Whenever you're a visual person, you will deep, you will breathe pretty shallow. When you're an auditory person, a little bit more mid-range. And when you're a kinesthetic person, you generally know kinesthetic people by the fact that they talk extremely slow to the point where if you're auditory or visual or auditory digital, you will literally freak out because people will talk slowly. It's almost like they're chewing on each word before they spit it out. Those people tend to breathe in deep, but even they will breathe shallow whenever they're in a state of arousal, whenever they're getting ready to move into fight or flight mode. So by breathing in deep, you relax and you focus yourself. The R is releasing the thought. Now, some people release the thought through the exhale, and other people will release the thought by asking themselves, where is the root? Where is this coming from? Where is this not true? We started at A for acknowledging the automatic negative thought, right? And it's in that moment that we begin the seeking of the root cause of it, the finding out of why we just thought that negative thought. Most of them are automatic because it's coming from the unconscious mind. We see something and before we know it, it's, it's already happened, right? We don't consciously want to tear ourselves apart. Now, once the unconscious mind feeds us the negative thought, we might then consciously spiral on it. But generally, it's happening so quick, we don't really know why. 
Now we can break down the whole way that our mind creates our reality. Five senses bring in information, plus you know your the way you self talk. It runs through your filters and processes, and it kicks out an, um, an internal representation, a picture of what you're actually experiencing in front of you. Very similar to how like your eyes see things. Um, it's actually, if I remember correctly, it's like it's actually upside down in the way your eye is built. Like physiology, physiologically, it gives you the picture upside down, but your mind flips it up right side so that you can see it. Your mind's doing the same thing when it comes to creating your own reality in your head. You're taking in this information and then it's kicking out a picture of what it believes you're experiencing based on your filters and processes. So even what you think you're experiencing isn't necessarily what you really are experiencing because you're running it through these filters and processes that you have been developing your entire life. From delete, distort, generalize to time, space, matter, energy, attitude, personality, mood, memories, experiences, environment, all of these things come into play. So when we get into this releasing of the thought and asking ourselves, where is the root of this? As we're deep breathing, the root can be coming from so many different places. I mean, you have these voices in your head, you know, not schizophrenia levels voices, but just when you're talking nonsense to yourself, those are generally not going to actually be your voice. Your, your id, your, your super ego, your ego, these are versions of yourself in there. They don't necessarily desire to tear you down. They seek to protect you. They seek to keep you whole, to keep you alive. When these negative voices come into your head telling you that you're worthless, you're not worthy of love, you're a piece of crap, you're horrible, blah, 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 bad student, all of these things. These are generally going to be other people's voices that have just inserted themselves into your head from things that they have said to you or things that you have heard. And then you start to repeat them in your head so often that you think it's your voice, but it's not your voice. We want to treat ourselves with loving kindness, unconditional love and support. There's not a part of us that says, hey, I have an idea. Let's tear the hell out of Jesse today. So whenever you're looking for the root cause of the automatic negative thought, start asking yourself, who might have said that to you in the past, in your childhood? Mom, dad, sister, brother, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa, another teacher, a preacher, somebody important in your life that you would have considered their opinion to have had some level of merit. We don't tend to believe people we don't like. We don't, right? It's like the school bully can tell me that I dress funny and I'm like, whatever, dude, right? Like they may pick on me and I might be afraid of them in the hallway, but it doesn't, doesn't necessitate that I'm going to believe anything that they say. Doesn't mean I also won't. It doesn't mean that you didn't. It doesn't mean that I didn't, but you tend to believe them way less than you would somebody that you care about. So be looking for the root cause of the negative thought. Who may have said that? in the past to you. That will help you release it by asking yourself, where is this not true? I'm a piece of crap. I'm a horrible student. Where can you replace replace that with, I am a good student. I am doing the best I can with the resources I have. If you really don't think you're a good student, figure out why you're saying that to yourself because you're getting bad grades, you show up late to class and remedy that situation. Figure out a way to take on less of a workload at school or at an actual job. Figure out a way to get to the library more often or wherever you choose to study. Maybe where you're choosing to study is one of the reasons why you're not doing well in school. Your environment plays a major role in your success. Not just where you live, but where you study and where you work. All of it. So when you seek to release 
the negative thought and you ask yourself, where is this not true? If you're finding a lot of ways that it is true, then ask yourself, what can I do about this now to begin to shift it? Personal responsibility is about not blaming, complaining, or making excuses. Accepting where you are in life in this moment for where you are, and then seeking to figure out a more desirable way to approach it and then move through it. You may not be responsible for having your car broken into, or why your tire went flat, or why you even showed up late to class. I left left my apartment an hour before class. It was a five-minute walk. I wasn't expecting the wild bear to chase me down the street. Whatever it might be. Once you arrive at wherever you're at, it's not about blaming the bear, blaming the tire, blaming the person who got in the car accident with you, or tearing yourself up for not leaving earlier so you would have missed the car accident, or, I don't know, not wrapping your tire in you know, concrete so it couldn't get punctured, or not having bear spray on you. It's not about trying to figure out all that jazz, because whatever happened, happened. What can you do right now in this moment to make a change that will actually move you past and through this solution opportunity. Blaming, complaining, and making excuses about what other people did to you or what you think you did to yourself, whatever, here we are. Now it's time we figure it out. Screaming at the tire, screaming at the person who got in a car accident with you, screaming at the bear doesn't do much good. Actually, I take it back. I think I've heard screaming at the bear actually does help. (laughs) But... The likelihood that you'll be running away from a crazy bear, uh, well, let's face it, bear didn't go crazy. The bear just went bear. The likelihood either way that you will find a bear on your campus is very minimal, and I get that that's where this sort of analogy slash metaphor is falling apart, but run with me here. You know how much I love bears. Whatever you find yourself at, what can I do right now to better the situation? That's releasing the thought is showing yourself, this is what I can do, and then doing it, taking action. And that gets us to the A, aligning ourselves back to our truth. Suggesting that this this negative thought is not true to yourself is one thing. Proving to yourself the way that it's not true is a completely different. We can say positive affirmations all we want to try to negate the negative thought. But if we don't do something about it in that moment, our mind is not going to believe that we really are better than that negative thought. Um, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, I remember back in my early days, you know, not being able to confidently speak to women was a bit of an issue. So if I was going to try to say, no, you're charming and you're attractive and women love having conversations with you, that might hold no grounds at all inside my mind. My mind's like, no, you don't. You're not confident. You're sort of kind of good looking and you don't definitely don't have it together. Why are you doing this? Just go back to your dorm room and don't talk to anybody. In order to prove to the mind and the body and the spirit that this positive affirmation holds any weight at all, I have to take action. If that's, you know, going up to uh, girls in class or girls at the job and just starting conversations and just being friendly, whatever it is. And back then it really was. It was like, can I just start a conversation, just be friendly and then walk away after five minutes? Like, can we just pull that off? Again, I was a little bit of an awkward kid in high school. Maybe you weren't that person. Maybe you're super confident and cool, calm, and collective. But I promise you, somewhere in your life, you have tried to feed yourself a positive affirmation, and it did not take. Your your mind said, nope, that's not true. You are not this positive affirmation. That's where negative thoughts are steeped in. It's these I am statements. I am this. I am that. In order to shift that, we can not only say a positive affirmation, but then we can take massive action, a positive, massive action toward 
creating a world where that affirmation is beginning to be true, if not completely wholly true. This is huge, huge, everyone. Taking action is your way through anything. So ask yourself if the ant is really true. Positive affirmation, sure. Positive action, even better. How do you absolutely know it's true if you think it's true? Where is an opportunity where it's not true? And then ask yourself, how would you react if you didn't have this thought? What if this thought was true and untrue at the same time? How could you then begin to behave if it's not true? And it is true, and neither are true, and both are true. Ask yourself, who would you be if you didn't have this thought? How would you feel? How would you behave? How would you act? What results would you get when you eliminate this automatic negative thought? I do not think that there is a human being on this planet who does not have doubts about themselves in one aspect of their lives or another. Michael Phelps um, had like ADD, ADHD, one of those attention things. And that's why his mom stuck him in swimming. Michael Jordan supposedly got cut from his basketball team, didn't really get cut, just didn't get moved up to varsity. But the point is, is he wore that like a chip on his shoulder. Tom Brady doesn't get drafted in the first five rounds, gets drafted in the six rounds, wins seven rings, and he still acts like a little, you know, meanie baby about, I wasn't drafted in the first six rounds. No, you know, you only made like half a billion dollars and have seven rings uh, upon leaving the NFL. Think you did pretty good for yourself. Still wore a chip on his shoulder. Letting those automatic negative thoughts could feed you or it could destroy you. If you're one of those people that it feeds, then great. But somewhere in your life, I promise you, Michael Jordan or Michael Phelps or Tom Brady, don't think that they're doing 100%. Notice that both Jordan and Brady have had issues in their marriages and have issues with their families because they get so focused on their work, they forget to take care of other things. You have three spheres, career, self-relationships. If you let you know, one of them dominate your life, the other two crash to the ground. I think it's extremely important that you're monitoring these automatic negative thoughts, acknowledge they exist, breathe through them, release them, whether it be through your breath or by figuring out where they're rooted and finding out how they're not true, and then that's where the alignment comes in. Once you've discovered that it's not completely true, Throw yourself a positive affirmation and then take massive positive action towards creating a, a, a world where that affirmation is absolutely true for you, even if it's just true in that moment. Your mental health is extremely important. We have gone throughout a majority of the 300,000 years that they have can go back and trace human beings on this planet. We have not cared about mental health nearly as much as we have decided to finally focus upon it in the last 10, 15 years. It is time that we finally, as a society and as a world, realize that what's going on in our heads is the number one reason why we're not succeeding. It's the number one reason why we destroy one another instead of unite together. It is the number one reason that we keep ourselves up at night because of the thoughts running in our heads. Keep an eye on them, abracadabra your way out of them, and realize that it's not just once every once in a while that you can think about acknowledging the negative thought, breathing through it, releasing it, and aligning yourself. It's every single day, and it's going to be a lot, a lot of the time. The negative thoughts we have about ourselves love to spiral. They, we love to put those on repeat like a record needle stuck in the groove on a vinyl. We'll just let that sit there. I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. We'll let it repeat over and over and over again. But for some reason, we won't do the same thing about positive affirmations. And even worse, when we don't take action to make sure we live in a world where that affirmation is true. 
There's your marching orders. Go off and take care of them. If you love the way I talk, if you love the way this show does its material, if you would love to become more of a leader in your own life, on your campus, in the world at large, I am running a neuro-linguistic programming course. It is absolutely fantastic. There are a ton of people taking it, and they're really very much learning the ins and outs, the nuances of the unconscious mind, and how they can direct it to help them achieve exactly what they want in life. If you want to know more about this, jessemogul.com slash ask me. I am here when you need me. Stand up, step forward. It's your turn. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. We will see each other soon. Bye-bye.